0: So much to talk about on this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. A fantastic come-from-behind victory for the Islanders. They have now tied the franchise record with points in 15 straight games. And again, that goes back to 1982 when the record was set. That was, of course, in the middle of the team's Stanley Cup wins. We will review the great comeback win against Pittsburgh. We will have our weekly farm report. And of course, we'll have this date in Islanders history, plus a lot more to come. So let's get started. But first, if you want to contact the podcast, our email address is Locked on Islanders at gmail.com. You could send us comments, questions, or just uh, any subject you'd like us to discuss on the podcast. Just leave your name and where you're from, and we'll be happy to talk about anything that's on your mind. You could follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnIsles or you could follow me on Twitter with the handle of at Ice Wars, NYR versus NYI. All right, so. The game at Pittsburgh, a tough contest. The goalies, Varlamov for the Islanders, Murray for the Penguins, as expected. And it was pretty much uh, the Penguins who got off to a very strong start. It looked like the Penguins took a one nothing lead when Matt Barzal coughed off the coughed up the puck in the neutral zone, and Zach Aston Reese scored what appeared to be a shorthanded goal at 639, but the Islanders challenged the play, it was ruled on the replay review to be offside, and as a result, the game remained 0-0 at that point in time, so the Islanders bite the bullet early, they kind of escaped another one when Brock Nelson, uh, Went down on the ice for a few seconds after being hit by a Pulak shot. It kind of caught him high, but uh, he skated to the bench on his own power. It it, kind of, you know, they looked at his helmet after the play was over. Hit him on the top of the head, but uh, they were able to repair it. And he more or less was able to return to the game, and that became an important factor a little bit later on. The Penguins took the lead at 11:34 of the period. It was a power play goal by none other than Brian Rust, who was so damaging to the Islanders in the first meeting between these two teams. So... A 1-0 game, a power play goal from just inside the left circle. Jake Gunsel and Evgeny Malkin draw the assists, and suddenly it's 1-0 Penguins, and they weren't done yet. A little less than five minutes later, Pittsburgh takes a 2-0 lead as Brandon Tanev gets his fourth from John Marino and Jared McCann, and all of a sudden, Uh, That goal coming on a deflection in front of the goal, not a lot, really, that Varlamov could do about it, and after 20 minutes, the Penguins all of a sudden hold a 2-0 lead. And how many times have we seen this Islanders team get off to that slow start? As I mentioned in yesterday's show, the Islanders had given up the first goal in half nine of their first 18 games. And now 10 of their first 19 tonight. And yet they still don't give up. And they managed to bounce back. And again, bounce back they did. So, you know, you got to be impressed by that. In the first period, Penguins outshot the Islanders 11-9. And uh, again, 2-0 after one period, just like it was in Philadelphia just a couple of nights ago. All right, then... Anthony Beauvillier, who had two goals in each of his last two games, he ends up getting the Islanders on the board. Just took two minutes and 39 seconds a shot from the left circle that ends up beating Murray Glove's side. And the Islanders are back in the game at 239. 5.30 into the second period, they tie it. All of a sudden, you know, the Islanders getting that pressure and... It's Brock Nelson nailing his fifth goal of the season. And, you know, a tip by Nelson off a shot by Nick Letty. Add an assist to Derek Brassard who remains hot, and the game is all even at two. But it wasn't going to remain that way. The Pittsburgh Penguins proved themselves to be resilient as well, and late in the period... Tanev gets his second goal of the game. It comes on a wraparound attempt that actually goes off of Pelic's skate and into the goal behind Varlamov. And so the Islanders, after two periods, trailing 3-2. Time of that second Tanev goal, 14:31. And after 40 minutes, the Penguins still out shooting the Islanders, by a 25 to 20 margin, a little scare earlier in the period, and you know you got to be concerned about, especially you know b- injuries and and Bavallier, uh he he was banged up a little bit, missed a couple of shifts, but skated it off and was thankfully, as far as the Islanders are concerned, able to return to the game. But again, after 40 minutes, Islanders trailing. and then in the third period, the Penguins on the power play, Barzal commits a trip, it was a pretty clear-cut call, and Pittsburgh takes advantage, Jake Gunsel, his 10th goal of the season from Alex Galchenyuk and Evgeny Malkin, another helper right there, two assists for Malkin. And at 2.39, it's 4-2 to two in favor of Pittsburgh. And, you know, at that point, the streak really looked like it was in doubt. And time starts ticking away on the New York Islanders. But, never say die, this is a resilient New York Islanders team. And just as they did against Philadelphia on Saturday... The Islanders managed to find a way to rally and get back into this game. The Islanders went on the power play when Rust was called for tripping late in the period, but the Islanders didn't quite cash in on the power play exactly, technically, officially, but just a few seconds after it expired, four seconds to be exact, Josh Bailey gets his seventh goal of the year, at 15:41 to make this a 4-3 hockey game, Taze and Eberly with the assist. So it's not officially a power play goal, but the Islanders are within one. There's still four minutes and 19 seconds left in the third period. And I'll tell you, the confidence level of this team is so high that you got the feeling, down 4-3, That this game was far from over. The Islanders end up pulling Varlamov for an extra skater. And then Ryan Pulak with a slap shot. With a minute and a half, uh, a minute 32 to be exact, left on the clock. He ends up tying the game. It's his third goal of the year. Brassard and Letty on the assists. And... Again, the Islanders tie it. The last minute, 32, come off the clock, and the Islanders at that point now had guaranteed themselves uh, that they would at least extend the point-scoring streak to 15 games, tying the franchise record. But, you know, that wasn't quite good enough for this team. You go into overtime, and... Brock Nelson gets his own rebound and ends up poking the puck behind Murray. And it is a 5-4 Islander win at 255 of the extra session. Who gets the assist? Anthony Beauvillier. So Nelson ends up with two goals and an assist for three points on the night. He and Beauvillier, who had a goal and an assist, are both a plus four Give two helpers to Derek Brassard and Nick Letty. Three assists in this game and a plus five for the Islanders in an impressive game. And, you know, I don't want to overlook Leo Komarov, who, as I predicted, was back in the lineup for the Islanders. He did not get a shot on goal, did not figure in the scoring, but in 11 minutes and 10 seconds of action, Komarov had eight. Hits in this game. You add six hits by Casey Sizikas, Anders Lee with seven, Brassard with six, five for Adam Pellick. This was a very physical, tough hockey game. Five block shots for Johnny Boychuk and four block shots for Pellick. You could see that this Islanders team playing a team hockey game. And getting the job done, a 5-4 win, they are now 14-0-1 in their last 15 games, tying the franchise record set back in 1982 in January and February of 1982. And uh, wow, you just can't ever count this team out. And I think the best thing about it is they are just playing steady, consistent hockey, and playing a strong team game, and that's getting the job done. All right, treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDON. Listening on the go, if you can't Visit DoorDash right now. You could find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com backslash offers. All right, again, congratulations also to Casey Zizekas. Zeke did not figure in the scoring, uh, although he played in his 500th NHL game and Uh, Congratulations to Casey Zizekas, and again, you know, we talked about Brock Nelson on yesterday's show. Thursday, Nelson will be playing in his 500th NHL game, so congratulations to Casey Zizekas on reaching that milestone, and uh, Nelson not too far away from joining him in that category. Just a couple of quick other statistical notes from this game. Brock Nelson shining in the faceoff circle, winning 14 out of 20 for 70%. Casey Sizikis also 55% in 22 draws for the Islanders tonight. And here's one more statistic that I think just demonstrates the team-oriented play of the New York Islanders. You know, right now, after 19 games, the Islanders... Coming in now with a record of 15 wins, 3 losses, and 1 overtime loss. Good for 31 points. That keeps them 5 points behind the Washington Capitals. And the Islanders have 4 games in hand. But out of the Islanders' 15 victories, 11 different players have tallied a game-winning goal. And the Islanders have 12 game-winning goals altogether with 3 Goal uh, wins coming in shootouts where you don't get credit. The only player with two game winning goals, and that happened tonight Brock Nelson. He has two. All the other players have won 11 different Islanders with game winning goals through 19 games of the season. That is an incredible statistic, and it really shows how this is a team that plays as a team, and different guys are stepping up all the time to help the Islanders get the job done. And it's just absolutely refreshing to see. No question about that. One postgame quote from Brock Nelson, when uh, asked about the team and their resiliency, his quote, Just never quit, just always believe. I think we've won that way in the streak numerous times. That quote, courtesy of Andrew Gross of Newsday. And uh, I I think it says a lot about the way this team is put together, about what they've been able to accomplish during this streak. And look, this team has a long way to go. You know, we're not even at the quarter pole of the season quite yet. That'll happen Thursday night, more or less. Uh, But anytime that you tie a record set by the Islanders' dynasty teams, especially a record like this one where you get points in 15 straight games, and this team is 14-0-1 over that time stretch, Uh, you're doing something right. And this Islander team clearly is doing something right. It is a great time to be a fan of the New York Islanders, and right now uh, aren't too many teams playing better hockey than they are, and it's beautiful to watch as an Islander fan. And here's the other thing that's starting to happen, and it doesn't happen to this team all that often. The national media, both in the United States and Canada, starting to take notice of what this team is capable of doing. They're listing the Islanders among the biggest surprising teams in the league, and and I think that in and of itself shows how little respect this team got after last year. You know, they had 103 points last year. They just missed first place in the very tough Metropolitan Division by one point a year ago, top 100 points for the season, and yet everyone's surprised that they're off to a very strong 15-3-1 start. Slowly but surely, though, you're watching it happen this team is getting some respect. And that, I think, is a very good sign. All right, we've got a lot more to get to. We're going to talk about this date in Islanders history, and we will have our weekly farm report. All that's still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Okay, so this date in Islanders history, we go back in time to November 20th, 1980 at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Islanders, Hartford Whalers, and this was a pretty one-sided and very physical hockey game. We could start off with the physical aspects of it. In the first period alone, first, Bob Bourne and Marty Howe drop the gloves three minutes and 48 seconds into the game, and then... Less than a minute later, Dave Longevin of the Islanders and Nick Fatiu, the ex-Ranger now playing with the Whalers, they had roughing penalties, and then at 9-16 of the first period, high-sticking between Bob Nystrom and Nick Fatiu then results in a fight between those two combatants, and they get two for high-sticking, five for fighting in a penalty-marred early game. So they get the rough stuff out of the way in the first period. In the second period, the Islanders go to work. Gordy Roberts off for interference. And Clark Gillies makes them pay a power play goal his eighth of the year at 516 of the middle period. And then Brian Trottier gets his seventh of the year at 1643 of the second to give the Islanders a 2-0 lead after 40 minutes. In the third period, Hartford's Jordy Douglas called for tripping at 8:28, and Anders Kaller comes through with his eighth goal of the year with the extra attacker, Butch Goring and Bob Bourne with the assist, later goals by Steve Tambellini from Ken Morrow and Gary Howitt, and then Anders Kaller round out the scoring in an Islanders 5-0 victory, as they get all five goals against Hartford's Mike Visor. In this game, Anders Kaller, two goals and one assist. He is the star of the game, offensively but defensively, a 24-save shutout for Glenn Chico Resch, who gets the victory for the Islanders. This date in Islanders history, November 20th, 1980, Islanders 5, Whalers nothing, at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Alright, it is time for the Farm Report right now, and things are, you know, they should be looking up a little bit more for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. They are getting some players back in the lineup gradually. Grant Hutton, for example, who missed seven goal uh, games rather with a lower body injury, he has returned. Bodie Wilde, the 19-year-old defenseman who suffered an ankle injury uh, during an August training test with his OHL team, the Saginaw Spirit, he missed training camp and he now returns to the lineup for the Islander uh, for the Islanders farm team in Bridgeport. Makes his AHL debut uh, November 16th at Laval. So gradually. Players getting healthy, and since the Islanders are getting healthy, you're seeing more members of the Sound Tigers returning to the lineup. However, they are still struggling on the ice. This past weekend, Friday night, they are at Belleville to take on the Belleville Senators, and it ends up being a 4-3 overtime loss for Bridgeport, a tough one at that. But some familiar names providing the offense for Bridgeport Oliver Wallstrom, who, as we know, had spent some time up with the Islanders, Arnold Dar- Durando and then Andrew Ladd were the three goal scorers for Bridgeport in that game, a four to three loss. Then Saturday, they go to Laval to take on the Laval rocket and they are shut out by a three to nothing score. And that was a, a, a tough one Saturday night at Place Bell. And the Rocket uh, come away with the 3 0 victory. Now, on the schedule for this weekend, uh, Friday night, the Sound Tigers are at the Providence Bruins. That is a 7 05 start. And then Saturday night, they return home to face the Hershey Bears. In Bridgeport, Sunday, another home game at 3 o'clock in the afternoon as they take on the Springfield Thunderbirds. So a busy back-to-back-to-back weekend for the Sound Tigers. They remain in last place right now in the AHL's Atlantic Division. 4-10-3-1, so 12 points in 18 games for Bridgeport right now, they are two points behind the Charlotte Checkers for the next spot in the division uh, right now, the Atlantic Division of the AHL, and hopefully they can start writing the ship a little bit, because uh, it's been a rough start. Now again, when the Islanders are healthy, you get players like Wallstrom coming back into the lineup, that should help solidify things. For Bridgeport, as they get their regular players back, but uh, you know, until that time, they've got to try to right the ship. Busy weekend, and then, of course, you know, with Thanksgiving coming up, there will be more games uh, on the schedule. Next Wednesday, next Friday, and next Saturday, so plenty more games scheduled for uh, Bridgeport, and we'll talk about that and a whole lot more with regard to the Sound Tigers on next Wednesday on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Make sure you join us tomorrow. We have got a lot more to get to, including a full preview of Thursday's game at the Barclays Center as the Islanders complete their home-and-home series with the Pittsburgh Penguins. And folks, they are going for their record Uh, 16th consecutive game with a point, and I'll tell you the way this team is playing, I wouldn't put it past them to find a way to get the job done. I am Gil Martin, your host. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.